Hey everyone, welcome to Flavor Country. This podcast is simply two best friends getting vulnerable and exploring the cosmos together. We're going to talk about masturbating. We're going to talk about Star Wars. We're going to talk about doing drugs. Most important thing is we're just going to talk about our experience here in life and we want you to come along and join us. Nothing that we say should be taken seriously and is not medical, psychological, or athletic advice. You're now in flavor country. Welcome. check but yeah i didn't do a sound check either mine looks fine does yours is it like speak again um here's me speaking here's me singing yeah, here's yeah. okay speaking i'm speaking i'm singing yeah um th- dude you know it's funny this happens to me before therapy and it happens to me before we hit record on the podcast I'm like, I got nothing to talk about. I got nothing. I got, I got nothing to say. And then as soon as, like, as soon as Tracy says to me, well, what's been going on? I'm like, but I just start dumping on her. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I just start like unloading. And so do you ever fun. like wonder, okay, do I need to catch her up on my life or do I just go straight into like my problem? <laughs> I know. I really want to talk about. Cause I've had the, I've had the problem where if I start talking about my life, she thinks that's what I want to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to talk about that. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to update you. I'm just trying, I haven't seen you in a week <laughs> or two weeks. And I haven't, I always want to update you on things that have happened, but at the same time, it's like, but no, I want to get into the shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's funny. Like I, I see her, um, every other week and there are times it's, it's such a funny thing. Like, you know, I, I, I trust her and, and she's never steered me, you know, she's never steered me wrong, but there have been times when she'll be like, Hey, I kind of think maybe we should meet in a week. I think you're going through a lot. I think we should talk again in a week. And that's always a funny thing for me because I'm like, Oh, um, have I made it sound like I'm way more fucked up than I, <laughs> than I really feel like my, my, one of my, one of my, I talked to you, I talked to you after my therapy session this week. And one of the funniest things for me is that combination feeling after therapy of like, you've just like cleared so much stuff out and you've got, you've got new things to sort of like consider and new tools and you're kind of like feeling good, but you're also just like, I even told, I even told her this week, I was like, don't you get tired of just listening to me? It's this, she's like, do you ever, I said, Tracy, do you ever hang up with me and just sit there and go, God, this guy, it's always the same shit with this guy. Like he's got to make some fucking progress at some point. Like he's got to stop doing the same patterns. But she's like, no, you let's look back on our relationship. Look how good, you know, she's really good about reminding me that like, okay, Doug, you, you, the world doesn't revolve around you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
Well, you know, you know, it's hard to see the changes you make yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, it's oh, like totally. you're spinning, but you're not. And but I've also had those moments where, I mean, so many moments after therapy that where it's like, uh, oh, I've, I've got it all figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like I figured out the secret to life. And then it's like the I'm, next I'm day. I'm therapized. Like, what was that? Yeah. What was that? Is it, is it I've been what therapized. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was even thinking, um, it, it was funny because as I was, before I, I got on with you, I did stop by the grocery store and get some dinner for the kids and like uh, driving up. And I was even thinking like, okay, I'm really excited for my therapy session on Thursday. But I'm like, but I've been doing weekly for the, you know, I've been in the shit. And so I've been doing weekly for like the last month. And um, can you hear the barking dog? Yeah. Is it on my side? <laughs> I thought it was on your end. Oh, it's on your end. Okay. It was on my end. I just don't want to, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Is that your um, dog? Yeah, it's my dog. Uh, anyway, I was, I, I even had that thought of like, look, I've switched to weekly. I'm so excited to talk to her again, but like eventually I have to, I have to get off this weekly thing because I, I can't afford it. <laughs> I or I'm like, or do we dig into these blocks, my money blocks that I have and let's like figure out how to, both see her weekly and afford it and i'm like i don't know i don't know the answer to any of that man oh man we're, it's funny um you know you you you've said something to me a couple of times i, I think you've even ah, maybe you haven't said it on the podcast uh well maybe you have maybe in the early days but i'd like to revisit a little bit because i've been thinking a lot about it lately which is you, you had a you had a friend or a, or a family member say to you something along the lines of, you know, well, if, you know, leave the church and you're just, you know, A, B, C, D, and E, it's all going to happen. You're going to, your life's going to go to shit, you know? And, there, and there's kind of like a, there's, it's not just this like one family member that said this to you. It's kind of like a general belief. I believed it when I was in the church too. It's just this thing of like, you know, you're, you're going to, without the church as a guiding light, uh, you know, as a, the church is this sort of like lighthouse in the storm that your life's going to go to shit. And so it's funny. Um, I think about that so frequently. Anytime I'm in times of, uh, you know, turmoil or, or trouble where I'm, where I'm just like, I don't want to be a cautionary tale. Like that's my biggest, like all this shit going on around me, uh, you know, things falling apart, me feeling some sort of way about myself, like me having a very human experience. And like my top priority is, well, I, the last thing I want is members of the, of the Mormon church to use me as like, oh, see, told you so, you know? It's a real deal though, man. Like I've, um, I think that's the fear that it's brought up in me. I mean, I think it's, you know, you get the archetypal fear of maybe like humans leaving the tribe and the tribe being like, oh, you're not going to be better over in the other tribe. Or I don't know how far back it goes, but. Um, it's a little bug that's still there. I didn't think it was there because, you know, uh, my life has been so much more adventurous, so much richer, so much, so many more highs and lows since leaving the church. Mm. And here I am in a bit of a low, a, a low, uh, I'm, I'm in a low. I shouldn't say a bit of a low. I'm in a low. A bit of a low is and, like the understatement of the century. Oh, I'm in, you know, I'm in a little bit of a like bad mood. Like it's not great, but uh, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> 
And of course, now it's like now the cycle's going around. And now that I'm in the low, it's like, oh, is it a free fall from here? Is there's never going to be an up. There's not going to be the upswing of the cycle. And it's that fear that it's all a free fall. And um, and, you know, my family member who wrote me that email and said, you know, uh, he's like, you know, Satan will deceive you for a while, but then he'll uh, just wait. And I was like, oh, shit, is this the time? <laughs> <laughs> That's Satan, man. He's a patient bastard, isn't he? Yeah. And then um, it's. Uh, it's it's just kind of funny because I, I I didn't think that was still there even unconsciously. You know, I'm like, oh, no, this is, you know, I've laughed at it. I've like. I don't know. I've just. um. I guess it's still there unconsciously. Now it's coming up to, to look at it again and deal with it and feel that and feel that fear of like, and there's something about the fear that when you lean into yourself, things will go bad. And now whether that's comes back to a childhood thing of like one time when we were acting a certain way and our friends made fun of us because we were, you know, they didn't like that part of ourselves or our, our parents or our siblings or something. You know, um, I don't know. It's just it's there, though. Well, and it's also like a like a causation correlation type of problem, because like it's it's easy. To. I mean, I, I God, we've talked about this to the point of like exhaustion, but leaving a high demand religion is not an easy task. And it's not a, it's not like a it's not like a thing that you're like, ooh, yay, I can't wait to leave the church. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to do all of the, I'm going to say all the swears and drink all the drinks and do all the things. Like, it, it's not that. It's like a gut-wrenching process. It's a terrible, terrible time period. Like, it's, in my, I mean, maybe, maybe this is me admitting something here about my life, but, like, leaving the church is one of the most, um, like, the most difficult and life-changing things I've ever done. You know what I mean? It was gut-wrenching. Yeah. And so, for me, it's easy to have that, as a, as a BCAD type of thing, you know, it's like, a, it's like a fucking event in my life leaving the church. And so it's easy for me to say, Oh, okay, well, here are things that happened before I left. And here are things that happened after I left. That doesn't exist for someone who is still uh, true believing, going to church, doing all the things, but that does not preclude them from hardship and, and, and trouble and pain and, and, and going through the, the ruts and going through the, the worst things that life has to offer. I mean, the human experience, do you know what I mean? Like I have plenty of my Mormon homies who just have had the roughest go and have gone into all the same kind of like things. And it's not, and it has nothing to do with, Oh, you, you, you've been led astray by Satan. You know, like, like what a, what a fucking, even saying that, even saying that out loud, clicked something into place for me. Yeah. Um, it, it, it took away, it took away for me the very thing that the, the church tries to proclaim, which is free agency. Like just saying out loud that, oh, that person has been led astray by Satan. It's like, well, fuck, hold on a second here. The, 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 there's an expectation of perfection. No, that's not a doctrine of the Mormon church. Um, there are people in the Mormon church who will say that as a doctor and they'll say stuff like that, you know, like, Oh, be therefore perfect. Like your father who is in heaven or, or I am perfect. That's what Jesus said in there. 
like I remember a guy giving a lesson one time about like the subtle differences in the Sermon on the Mount. Cause you know, the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus's sermon to the Nephites and Lamanites is almost verbatim. Like it's almost the same thing. Right. But there are some subtle yeah. differences. And this, this guy gave a whole lesson one time about, uh, well, you know, when Jesus was alive and he gave the Sermon on the Mount, he was not yet perfect. And so he says, be ye therefore perfect like your father is perfect. But then when he rose again and, you know, was resurrected and went over to visit the Nephites, well, then he says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father and I am perfect. And he's like, that's because Jesus is perfect. It's, it's our role and duty and responsibility <laughs> to everybody try to be as perfect as we possibly can. And it's like, dude, that expectation of perfection is ruining people's lives. It's ruining people's lives. It's ruining their mental health. It's ruining their relationships with their families and friends. It is ruining their lives. So stop trying to tell me that when I go through a little bit of a rut or when I go through a little bit of hardship, that it's because I'm being led astray by Satan. Wow. What a, what a well, condescending then, thing. Holy shit. And then don't, and like also voice? don't read into, yeah, I love the voice. Don't read okay. into Book of Mormon fan or Bible fan fiction and, and compare and be like, oh, why doesn't the fan fiction match word for word with the original, you know? <laughs> I know. Um, dude. It's, like, it's, it's interesting because like we, we have a lag. You and like, I have a little bit of a lag right now. Is it? Okay. That's kind of frustrating. Because mine's saying like uploading at 83% right now. I'm having an internet issue. On yeah. And you end. keep kind of oh. glitching out. Um, and so like, it's cool. We'll figure it out. It's all good. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know People that are, I, am, I am reacting to what you're saying. I, pr- I swear to God. Hopefully it's not a weird, jarring thing for the listeners. They're like, wait, this guy, this is like, a weird, you know, that's where I wish we could just be in the same fucking room and record this thing, same. you know? Um, yeah, same. But there's a, 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 I was actually having this discussion with my wife this week and she was talking about, she did mention, she's like, it's one thing, it's along those same lines of what you were saying. She said, if you're doing all the things everyone expects you to do, things still, your life still, things still happen to you. But it's not your fault in that you you're doing everything right. Oh, they've been through trial. It's a trial at that point. Right. Oh, they're doing everything right. But now they've received a trial. Yep. But if you're not following those steps and something bad happens, that's no longer a trial. You brought that on yourself. Yeah, that's a really weird. That, God, that's such a weird. Um, I, I don't know that it, it's I don't know that it's even any kind of teaching or anything. I, it's just weird belief. Like, I think a lot of people have that as a belief, even even. I mean, everywhere on the spectrum of, of religiosity, like people who are, you know, you know, Pentecostal, everyone has some sort of like belief in reward and punishment, but it's, but it's so inconsistent. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting human, uh, like maybe it's a, maybe it's a, maybe it's a feature instead of a bug. Like maybe it's something that like helps us get through how god awful um the reality of existence can be sometimes you know what i mean like i think that it's like you know we rail on cognitive dissonance because uh it's like this it's like this buzzword that we use about like why people don't like get crazy mad about like church history stuff or something like that but cognitive dissonance is also pretty important because if i if i spend every second of every day thinking about you know it, 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 like 
childhood disease or starvation and hunger, I'd go nuts. I'd go crazy. You know, I, I, I would go, I would literally just go crazy. And so cognitive dissonance is, is a, is a defense mechanism that we throw up. I think that that works. I think so. Um, but I'm also thinking of it on the flip side and maybe this is why it's coming up for me in a way, because in the last few years since doing therapy and psychedelics and, mm -hmm. uh, depth psychology, you know, that quote of like, until you make the unconscious conscious, it'll rule your life and you will call it fate. I even had an experience this last weekend, which I could share later on the podcast, but where it's almost like where you, where I feel like I am bending reality in the moment in a way like magic mm -hmm. where you feel like, wait, this, this, this reality may be more magic than we claim it to be. Right. Where it's totally. like, or I'll have, I'll have a breakthrough session with Tracy or, or, uh, where I, I get through a block, you know, it's like, we'll dig in and like, what are you, what are you really afraid of here? Or, or what's, you know, you might say this, but let's dig, let's dig in. And a dream will reveal something that like, and I say reveal, it will bring up something in my subconscious that's been blocking me in a way. And when I work with that image, all of a sudden reality around me starts changing and it's like, okay, well, you know, like, is it magic? Is it not? I don't know. But, um, but then it gets in that thing of like, you can get into that self-blame again with them, mm -hmm. right? Because you can be like, why am, why am I blocking this? Why am I blocking a, a, a better life, right? Why am I blocking, um, it, why is it my fault? You know, you, know you, you hear, and it happens in the in New Age spiritual community a lot. Like this, totally. you know, people, one, they'll say something about, like you were talking about, like, uh, let's say like a, child in africa as back to starving kids in africa or whatever right like yeah. what oh they're going through that for their soul's experience and you're like bullshit but in the same time i'm like well there is an experience that their soul is having that they're learning you know what i mean and it's like i don't know i mean it's a it's a weird little like thing for me where it's like i want to say fuck you to people like that and who say stuff like that God, and dude. also i want to be like look i think i have the ability to be magic and change my reality and, and really find out and, and work with these like maybe ancestral blocks and wounds that like we have to then be like, no, I can write my own story. God. I don't know the answer. <laughs> it, it's so, you know, you're, you're hitting on something that for me is a little bit of a conundrum and I'd, I'd love to discuss it a little bit. I think we've, I think we've touched on it before, but like, so like, you know, you and I read, you recommended that book, The Soul of Money. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a big thing in, you know, we talk about abundance mindset and we talk about um, scarcity mindset. And the reason I'm thinking this up is because like in the, in the love and light, in the healing community, there is a lot of that, like. Let me show you how to like have an abundance mindset and trade your time for dollars and make money work for you and make, build your business and all, and all that kind of stuff. But, 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 but that also is a ranked capitalism gambit because, because it's, it's, it's everyone out there on, you know, Instagram or, or TikTok or podcasts like us, it's everyone selling something. It's everyone that is selling something. And, and for the most part, I think that like, um, 
the what, what rises is like there's a there's a there's a combination of like are the people good looking or is there is there some kind of like draw to that person is there are, are, i mean certainly are they good at their whatever they're offering whether it be like a dance or yoga or life coaching or fucking how to do drugs like whatever it is there's also a hierarchy there there and and, and there's also for for every person who is successful and making whatever it is, millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands. Of, I, I don't even know what these motherfuckers make, but for every one of those people, there's a hundred people. They're like, I wish I could do this. I'm, I'm making all the right moves. I'm doing all the right things. I'm meditating. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my intentions out into the universe. I'm manifesting my own will. I'm, I'm changing my energetic relationship with myself and with source. And, and I'm still not making any, any of this money. And you know, it's funny because like, meanwhile, like I, I do, I mean, people are like, oh, you know, I've, I've, there's, there's opportunities maybe for you and me to do certain things, or maybe we've, we could go down different paths, but it's like, cool. Yeah. I'd love to try to make a little bit of money doing stuff. I love a little bit more, but listen, bro, I got like, I got a mortgage and I got a kid in college and I got bills to pay. Like I got shit. Like I got big boy shit. Like I got adult shit that I got to deal with. You know what I mean? And Am I making trade-offs? Certainly I'm making trade-offs, but I can't start from scratch. Like I can't start from scratch and just be like, okay, wife and kids, uh, we're going to live in the woods for a while and we're going to try to be off the grid and we're going to try to do my coaching career right now. And it's just going to be like, let's start over. And they're like, wait, what, what? We have whole lives going on here. I mean, you're speaking to, I mean, I'm in it in a way like with, um, I've started coaching and and still in the way I sell it and which I believe it's not like I'm selling it to be, I'm like, look, start working with your unconscious, start, start paying attention to your dreams, paying attention to your imagination, paying, paying attention to your yearnings and what, what's calling to you. Like if a certain movie keeps calling to you, let's figure why that's calling to you. And you will start living a more adventurous life, more authentic life. And I believe that. Um, and yet I'm still selling it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, and, and it's this whole thing of like, look, I don't, I, I love doing it. I, I really love getting one-on-one with someone and, and walking them through their psyche and like being surprised when they tell me a dream. And I'm like, I don't know what this dream is. Let's, let's dig in. Let's see, see what, what you see here? What associations, what feelings did it bring up and unpacking the dream together. When we have those kind of like aha moments, it's so rewarding. Um, and yet, like, it's hard for me to envision having an abundance mindset or whatever enough that like, yeah, like I'm saying, like kids in college and mortgages and all this other shit. And I'm, I'm not going to go live in the woods. I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, if I could just add to that, like, so, so, so let's use that. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I ate. Right before we started recording, I, I was eating some pineapple and I have like a little chunk of pineapple lodged. You know how once in a while you get something like lodged in your throat. So it's, it keeps making me feel like I got to clear out my throat and it's a little scratchy. So I, I apologize if I, if I'm clearing my throat into the microphone, but I'm doing, I haven't my heard best. it yet. Um, and I'm hoping my internet's getting a little better. It's been weird, man. Yeah, it's, I, we're, we're, we're totally good. I think so. But my comparison would be this. I don't mean to, I'm not bad. I'm not down on anyone's like, like, like 
pursuit. I'm not down on anybody's job or career or, or dream or whatever they want to do. But, but what I'm trying to say here, Mike, is if I look at, if I look at your, if I look at call to adventure coaching, these are some heavy hitters right here. Like these are, these are some PhD motherfuckers. These are some people with some life experience and some, not just life experience, but also some like, like real world executive experience in the, in the 3d, like in the real world type of thing, you know? And like, these are some heavy hitters. Problem is, you know, you say that you're selling it, but I, I mean, you're, you're, you're also, uh, juggling quite a few other things. You know what I mean? You haven't been able to just like cannonball into the deep end. You know what I'm saying? Like you haven't been able to just do that because you got to compromise. Like, cause you, you, because you have to, um, adhere to your ethics. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I just, I, the reason I'm telling this is not to bag on anybody's chosen vocation. I, I, do your fucking coaching, do your dancing, do your whatever. I don't I, like, please, please keep doing it. I love it. What I'm trying to say is that that can also create in the, in the, in the audience, in the, in the viewer that can create misconception as to how that happened. Like, Hmm. like, of course, the person who has had the success to write the book writes the book. There's a, there's, there's a hundred thousand people who wanted to do cool humanitarian work in Bangladesh and, and travel the world and, and, and be in India and learn about what real poverty is and eat, pray, love their way, tap dancing down the street. Like I get it. Like, but it, it, it's, it's, it's the law of like, okay, cool. Tell us your story about how, uh, what was that book where the dude, um, moves into the woods and he does a lot of meditation and he keeps getting offered jobs at the university. And then he gets offered yeah, a job to um, own his own business. And, and then he, and then he builds a business and builds a community. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, it's the, of course, the surrender, that, experiment. The surrender experiment experiment. Yeah. yeah. Of course that guy wrote the book because it, that's what happened to that motherfucker. There's, there's 10 million people who that didn't happen to. So therefore they can't write the book. So all I'm doing is like, I, I think what I'm doing is I, I'm trying to represent maybe just myself or maybe uh, viewers, listeners, observers, uh, fucking social media users that all that glitters is not gold. The, 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 the person who looks like they're successful is successful in, in a lot of ways, but that's a chicken and egg kind of conversation. <laughs> like, like, like no matter how, no matter how much I want to preach willpower and determination and athletic excellence and spirit of competition and, and competitive fire, and as much as I want to preach that shit, I will not, never have been, never will be, have no chance of being LeBron James. When LeBron James um, inevitably writes his book about being one of the two greatest basketball players of all time. And he'll probably write more than one book when he writes that. Of course, LeBron is writing that book. He's the only one that can write that fucking book. That's what I'm trying to say. Does any of this make any sense? Well, it is. Yeah, it is. It's stirring something in me with, uh, especially when it, um, you know, cause it's still in this conversation between like, okay. Um, 
can you almost manifest your reality or, or, you know, or dig into your blocks or have an abundance mindset and create anything you want? Or, um, uh, it's, it's still a focus on the external, right? Right. Like, yeah. The external is proven the prosperity gospel of the, the external is proof that you are living right or you're doing well. And when I go back to it again, that, that email from my family member about leaving the church, I don't know externally what my life has in store for me coming up. Um, but I know I have never felt more authentic to my core than ever. Um, even through this shit, even especially through this shit. In fact, the authenticity to my core has what's carried me through this shit from this last year. And if I didn't have that, I don't, I don't know where I would be, you know what, you know, like I, it's like that it's, and so it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe there's an attitude of like, come what may with it, because it's like, look, I'm not out to prove that I made the right choice when I left the church. I'm not out to prove that I'm on the right path and that now I'm driving fancy cars or like going to cool vacations and uh, living a life of freedom or, you know, I, to prove like, hey, yes, uh, look how righteous I am. It's like, no, I'm just feeling like this is my path and I'm living my unique path. and. I'm embracing it more authentically. I have more self-assurance, more self-love, more self-confidence than I ever have before. And I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's part of the whole deal. I mean, it's definitely part of it, but I mean, that's the, but, but, but Mike, that's the, that's the whole thing is that you have more self-love, more self-confidence, more peace, more autonomy, more freedom. You have all of that right now than you've ever had in your life. And that's the reward. Like, 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 like that's the thing that you've, that, that, that you've been working so hard and going through so much turmoil and pain. The, the re, I need to, I need to clarify again. I think people should start businesses. I think people should manifest. I think people can put out into the world and, and have an abundance mindset. I believe in all of that. I'm just telling it with a little bit of, uh, not, it's not even cautionary. I'm just, I'm just telling it with a, with a sense of just because someone else doesn't have this thriving business doesn't mean they're not doing all of the things. It, it's, 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 it's the same fucking prosperity gospel that, that we bought into in the Mormon church. It's the same thing that exists when we talk about abundance mindset and scarcity mindset. It is the exact same thing. And, and the reason I'm bringing it up in that way is because the same thing holds true in, in what I'm witnessing in this world of like, there's people that are, there's people right now that are like, well, if you don't want everyone to be judging and hating on you, then just don't be gay. That's coming from someone who's never had the experience of like, oh, God, I think I'm gay. And so it's easy for them to just be like, oh, well, just don't be gay. But if, if you don't want people to treat you like you're black, just don't be don't be black. It's like, what the what the fuck are you talking about? Um, what could you possibly be talking about? This is for me. This is like the concept that that I'm trying to, like, force into this conversation. The concept is. I feel like no matter where I turn, whether I'm leaving the Mormon church, whether I'm getting into the, uh, you know, the, the atheist community, whether I'm getting into the, the healing and self-love and esoteric community, everywhere I turn, 
there seems to be a natural ranking and hierarchy and people being like, that person's doing it right. And that person's not doing it right. And I'm like, no enough. I'm tired of this. I'm so fucking tired of, of, of everyone looking at everyone else and trying to figure out where they rank. Sorry about my tirade today, Mike. I've just, it's been a rough. No, you're good. Wild. And if my, eye, if my eyes are feeling a little squirrely, it's because all of a sudden your video dropped from my screen. So I can't like follow along with your cues. I don't know what is going on with my internet, but, um, it's interesting because it, it, something you said there just unlocked something in me, you know, especially in relationship. It, like I'm, I'm looking at like, you know, you go into like the new age spiritual community and you see all the quote unquote gurus who, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's a hierarchy everywhere you go. And, and, and that display of wealth and, um, abundance, the external abundance, um, but, you know, one of the things, one of the things that led me out of the Mormon church, or probably planted the seed that eventually led me out, was being on my mission in Brazil in some of the poorest areas that you can imagine. Um, and being there with the people and being like, holy shit, these people are abundant. Like they are happy. They are uh, loving. They are, they just like flow with like this beautiful energy. Now they don't have m much externally like like we would you know in capitalist america we would say they're successful but they're abundant mm. and i you know then i come home and i remember being driving from the in salt lake city from the airport to my parents home and seeing all of the empty mcmansions in utah <laughs> lining the hills and being like wait, so there's so much abundance here and everyone's so goddamn empty. And I know I'm judging them and whatever, but I, I felt empty. I felt like I was returning to almost emptiness when I just came from this super poor part of a, a, of a poorer country and people were just abundant with love and happiness. And I don't know, that's unlocking something in me right now. Well, dude, you're, you're unlocking something in me because it's, it's, the, the, like the, the, the fucking paradox is that here I am like going on this whole rant about people judging each other and people ranking each other and hierarchy, but I'm hypocritically doing it. Like I'm fuck, I'm doing it right now. Like I'm, I'm looking outward instead of looking inward. I get that I'm doing that. And so it's, it's that, Ooh, man, that's a tough. That's a, that's a really tough puzzle to solve because it becomes like, um, in my mind, I'm coming from this place of, of leave a, let's leave each other alone and, and try to, and just try to support one another living their best life and not say who's doing it right and who's doing it wrong. But in that, in me saying that comes a judgment about the people that are doing it wrong, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. So I'm totally yeah. full of shit. One of the things I was feeling uh, this week or last couple of weeks was like, so, uh, you know, when we first started the podcast, you know, Mormons on Mushrooms podcast, and we've been going for about a year. About a year, you know, COVID was getting a little bit less uh, crazy. Um, we were getting so many, like the, the podcast was just growing and we're getting so many cool opportunities. 
I had invested a bit in like these bitcoins and stuff, and that was going through the I in Doge even too, like some you know, and that was going through the roof. And I was like, holy shit, this is evidence that like I am living. Uh, I figured out the secret to life, you know. And so, and, and <laughs> now I'm kind of like, you know, like wait, holy shit, uh, my life feels like it's falling to pieces around me. And now being like, oh, wait, now I'm, I'm doing this I'm exact same trap, but in reverse being like, wait, am I not living right because of that? When I'm doing the same thing I was doing then, or even more so, I feel like leading into me and now things are crumbling around me as if I control it all, or at least, or, or that I'm focused, it's that focus on the external and that, you know, like uh, as, as validation for the choices I'm making. And maybe that's it. what I'm sick of. You said it. You see, you, you, dude, it, well said. I mean, what, like, honestly, Mike, we can talk, I guess we can kind of talk openly about this. Like the podcast was really on an upward trajectory. And there was like, there were, there were multiple uh, entities kind of fighting over us for a TV show and for, like all this kind of stuff, right? Like the, the Rolling Stone art. I mean, we were in the fucking, we were in Rolling Stone. Like, think about that. That's crazy. Yeah, we had a masturbation, a masturbation quote in the Rolling Stone. I could not be more proud. <laughs> that's, a nut, that's nuts to me. Yeah. They call it and, the Rolling Stone, whatever, Rolling Stone. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just called Rolling Stone. Um, the Rolling Stones is a band. There's a magazine called Rolling Stone. You know, I didn't mean to say that really still, but you get, yeah, no, I know. I'm just kidding. But, um, the point I'm trying to make is, is this, you and I were very uncomfortable, like, and maybe me more so we were uncomfortable with all that. Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't authentic either. So for example, you were talking about like the TV people who reached out to us, they pitched the idea for the show. I'm like, no, you guys don't get it. Like that's like, if we're doing anything Mormons on mushrooms or flavor country related, it's gotta be real. It's gotta be, it's gotta be gotta real. Be I mean, that's, that's, that's our thing. And our thing is just being like vulnerable and real. And we're not going to pretend. And you know, it's funny, Mike, uh, when, when we were, when it was, when we were kind of turning it down and when, when all that was happening, I've, I've got to make a confession here. I don't know if it was, uh, because of artistic integrity, which I tried to fucking, Listen how, listen how pretentious that sounded. Just me saying that. I don't know if it was artistic integrity or if it was full-blown fear. I think it was full-blown fear, even though I tried to claim artistic integrity. I mean, it probably was a little bit of both, you know? But, probably a little bit of both. Yeah. But that does not discount the fact that the artistic integrity thing was there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just a funny thing. So, so we've gotten what we want, which is the podcast is back to you and me, like emotionally feeling each other up on the couch. Right. That's, that's what the podcast is back to. Yeah. And you can almost like graph it. Like you can graph where there was all like opportunity and then we were feeling like, and, and like you talked about Bitcoin and things that are in, in our relationships and in our work, everything was going, everything was like aces. We were just like, dude, life is yeah. so fucking easy. Holy shit. All you got to do is like release and relax and just like lean in, you know? But then like the cold 
the cold bucket of water that is like the human experience, like reality has put us into this other thing where now it's like, like it was, it was so funny to me. I didn't tell you this the other day because I wanted to save it for right now. When we were talking about what do we do about Mormons on mushrooms? We've kind of been doing it. We've kind of been turning it over to other people. We kind of want it to expand outward rather than with us. We kind of want to do flavor country, but we were also kind of talking about like, yeah, it's kind of lost some steam. It's kind of lost. It's like, it's kind of lost its vim and vigor a little bit. You know, I was yeah. laughing my ass off because I was sitting there thinking to my, it, like I had the realization, like, Mike, you and I have been actively trying to turn away from it. Like we've been actively like, like, <laughs> like, di- like neglecting it. We've like, we've consciously and by choice, we've been like, let's hand over the reins to somebody else. Why, why aren't we, why aren't, why isn't our podcast just blowing up even more, you know, type of thing. Like we've had this steady number of listeners for, I mean, it's just kind of going on, you know, it's like, you guys well, are getting exactly, exactly what you want. You fucking dipshit. And it's, and the thing is, it's, uh, I'm saying that in a way, and it's like, it's not even, it's not even dipped. It's just like held steady. Right. It like plateaued right. in a way. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, it's like, it's like, you know, we see the numbers that we have as many listeners as we've ever had. It's just, we just not, it's not growing it. You know, you, 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 you start with the trajectory and you're like, wow, if you like, uh, extrapolate that trajectory out the man, you know, like <laughs> flavor, flavor down, you know, <laughs> like, uh, um, but what I was going to, I was, uh, it, something it triggered in me when you we were talking about this and I, you know what, this is something back to Tracy. She brought up something once that just really resonated with me, which is dream. She brought up a dream adjacent. Where sometimes I think things are just close enough to what we want that we feel like, oh, this is what I want. And this is, you know, how it and get all excited about it. But when you talk about, you know, with Mormons on Mushrooms and the trajectory it was headed in like a year and a half ago or so. I had a moment. Uh, a real time high thought where I was like <laughs> expanding that out and realizing it's like, Oh, I was just building myself another cage. Cause it wasn't my dream. Like I, I remember when uh, I went over to Shalisa's house and we were doing uh TikToks together. Dude. We were trying to figure out how to, how to, how to start our TikToks. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and we, we developed a formula for it or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to record a TikTok and I do it. And I was like, zero part of me, like when I fantasize about my dream life, being a YouTube star or a TikTok person, <laughs> it's just not even there. Uh, even being like a very successful podcast host for me, that's not like what I fantasize about. I like the, I like doing the podcast because I get to talk to you. I get to meet cool people. I get to it's, it's opened up so many doors for us. And I love that aspect. And I want to keep doing that and the weekly therapy sessions with you. But I don't like when I lay in bed at night, I don't think, Oh, what if our podcast had like millions of listeners? Because I don't feel like that's my dream, but it's close enough to it. Like I want to open doors. I want to do, you know, uh, and I think there's something about checking in with ourselves with that of like, wait, is this really my dream or is it dream adjacent? Is it just my dream enough that I got caught up in it and my ego got caught up in it? But if I take a step back, be like, no, I don't really want 
that aspect. And I, so in other words, I don't want to build another cage. I don't want to leave one cage of corporate America or whatever and just walk into another cage where now I have other obligations and I don't feel free to just be me. Hmm. So I got I to gotta tell you, Mike, um, I hope it's recording, but I can't see you and I can't hear you. I'm only hearing about one of every five words. Okay. I think it is recording because it is uploading, but like, yeah. Do um, so I go reset my internet and we finish it? Yeah, works for me. Okay. All right. Let me try to reset my internet. Okay. All right. I mean, it's been, I, so we're back. It's been like a week and a half. I was having those internet issues. And so this, this episode, I think we're going to stitch it together. I think it's going to feel a little disjointed. And of course, you know, you know, when we record an episode, I always like, I forgot what we talked about until I listen back to it. Yeah. Uh, this, I, I don't have no idea what we talked about in the last episode. <laughs> I don't either. I just know that it got cut short. I, I mean, we, we yeah. were probably what, maybe 30 or 40 minutes in though. I think and so, so, I, so I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose that, but I think that we just yeah. probably try to probably try to tie that one up mm. and then it might feel like we do a hard switch into a different topic y'all but just come with us we'll i'll take you there we'll take you there i i want to say i'll take you there because that's the lyrics of the song but it's me and mike it's we'll take you there we'll take you there yeah um but i do remember what i was talking about at the end when my internet finally like cut out and that was that whole idea of dream adjacent um and that's something that i don't know i've just been really sitting with lately where you know, sometimes I think we can start a creative project or like a relationship or something or a job that's like, oh, I've got my dream job or I found my dream girl or I found, you know, like I'm doing the thing I really love. And then the mirage starts to shimmer a little bit and you, you try to hold on to it. because, like, wait, no, this is this was my dream. But then I think there's that it's like, no, it's dream adjacent. There are elements of that that you really love or the part of your dream. And do you have the courage to switch it up to really follow your dreams, you know, or, or maybe courage is, I mean, courage is a word, but like, there's all, probably always just, just like, are you tuning into yourself enough and honoring yourself to what you really want and trying to find out what is your dream and what life do you want to live? Yeah. I, I mean, and that's to me, Mike, that's, that's been so critical uh, to think about it in, in the terms of, dream adjacent because you know we've talked on here about when we were 22 years old we knew what we wanted you know we knew what we wanted our life to look like when we were 40 years old um and that had to do with jobs and family and friends and locations and stuff like that and for the most part uh what happens when you get those things and you and you and it still doesn't feel like the fulfillment of your dreams well that's where that I think that point that you're making comes into play where it's like, okay, no, it's not about like, oh, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up. It's what's the, what's the why behind that? What, 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 what are you trying to fulfill? What need or what, what desire, what dream do you want to fulfill by saying, I want to be an astronaut? Like when I, when I say I want to be an astronaut, it's that I want to travel. I want to do exciting things. I want to have an adventure of a lifetime. I want to go into space. Like that's the thing that I, I mean, that I wanted to do when I was what, 12 years old, when I said I wanted to be an astronaut or when I was 22 years old and I said, I wanted to, you know, be an executive or something like that. It's like, and have certain amount of salary. 
it's like, oh no, what, no, no. What does that fulfill for you? And so we can always, that that's the thing that I've been having to sort of like revisit in my life is, okay, I'm not here to live with the concept of, do I regret and have, is, is it, is it too late for me? And can I not make changes? It's about, okay, can I define what I want from life and what, what I want my life to be and why, and then pursue that. And that's it. So it's like this constant pruning activity, right? It's, it's, it's caring for a plant or anything else in your life. It's like, uh, you take away the old and, and let the new grow type of thing and, 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 and encourage the gr- new growth. Right. And that's, it's kind of like a long. Yeah. And then I think sometimes we're resistant to cut away those dead branches or the ones that are dying, or even the ones that are like maybe half alive. And you're like, Oh, but there's still some beauty there. There's still some life in it, yeah. but it's like, but the whole plant is going to be healthier. If I'm like, no, that's not quite what I, the plant should look like. And I do think, I, I like how you talked about, you know, the, the example of astronaut. Um, and because it's like, what is it? What are the seeds of that fantasy that are calling to you? And I think this is where working with your dreams and even like your daydreams can be a, yeah. a big thing. And that's what it's been for me, like a daydream. It's like, I think I even said in the last recording that I've never laid in bed or been dr- driving and fantasized about being a YouTube star. Right. That, I mean, so there are, I mean, there are people, my neighbor, my, my neighbor is like some big YouTube star, you know? And so there are people that, I mean, he makes a whole fucking living. He's rich. And that's, that's a, a great fucking realization of a dream for him. He wanted the money and fame that came with recognition and that he was putting out this artistic project that, that people responded to, right? That's what he wants. That's what he, that's what fills his bucket. Uh, you and I have talked about it. That that's I, I mean, I mean, my face being out there makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that so we just don't put my face out there. You know? Yeah. Well, it makes it just I, I don't know. So sitting with that, and then you know, even the, the daydream stuff. And I know I've shared this with you, and maybe it's a little vulnerable to share on the podcast, but like a fantasy I've had all up until a few years ago was I would listen to like a famous or famous or it could be any band that I'm, I'm enjoying I'm listening to a band and they're sharing a music and I would fantasize that it was my song mm. and that, you know, and I was up there singing and yeah. sharing this piece of me and I would go in this daydream. And that's from when I was a young kid to when I was 40 years old, that date, I don't, I don't fantasize about that anymore. Like I did. Yeah, man. And I, when I think of the seed of that, it's the seed of, sharing a piece of art, a piece of myself and having it received by a crowd of people. Right. And, and felt by it. Like, so sharing, bleeding onto a, 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 uh, bleeding through a song and having people like connect to that thread. Um, and ever since I started writing my own music that the daydream shifted, I don't daydream about that anymore. Yeah, because you live it. Because it's, it's becoming a part of my lived reality, part of this dream. Like I, I took it from like the daydream to the waking dream and pulled it in, you know, you know? and so I, I think that's kind of the power of like working with dreams and imagination and it, what, what it can call forth in you, you know, bring, bring about. And so it's like you're taking this from like, you know, whenever we get in a trip state, one of the things that like uh, Eric told me 
one of the early times I did mushrooms, he's like, try to bring something back with you. Yeah. You know, you're going to a different realm. You're going to a, the metaphorical dream realm, trip realm, and you're going to see entities. You're going to get insights. You're going to get, you're going to feel emotions. Try to bring something back with you and express it in this world. Yeah, dude. I think like that's kind of the same thing. So it's like you have this fantasy, bring it in and start expressing it here. And then you'll see that that daydream shifts. And you could be like, oh, I want to live my daydream. You could concretize it a little bit and be like, oh, I want to be a famous rock star and sing. And maybe there's an element of that. But what are the seeds of it? The seeds are, they're still, that could, that could, that could be a dream adjacent thing too. So don't get caught up in, don't get caught up in how concrete that dream materializes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, you, you said both things right there that really, that really uh, sort of like, woke something up for me, or, or I guess it like rattled something loose for me. Uh, you know, you were talking about bleeding. You kind of, you kind of used, you almost went to the metaphor of bleeding onto the page, bleeding onto the stage, bleeding. I mean, you kind of use that, right? Open up a vein and show the world your blood is, is, is sharing art a little bit. And then you also talked about like that dream could be to be a rock star. Well, I don't know that I want to be, I don't know that I want to be a rock star. Maybe I do. I, I, I maybe that's like a big dream of mine, but more than that, I want to fucking share. Like I, I feel like I've got art inside of me. I feel like I've got my creativity and when we say art, you know, that's a pretty dubious term. Like who the fuck knows what the definition of that is. I know when I see it type of thing, but like I want, I got shit. I want to say, I got shit. I want to share with people. I got a lived experience. There's a reason like I have fun, cool adventures frequently. You and I talk about this. And I want to like share my, my, what my emotional journey is through those things and, 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 and what life feels like the ups and the downs. And so it's funny, Mike, we're even talking about this. Cause like, uh, you know, sometimes I'll get out, I get pretty sweaty sometimes, or I get a little bit emotional when I'm playing music and it's like, well, it's, it's not that I, it's not that I'm nervous sweating, which there's a portion of it is just, I'm fucking nervous, you know, when I, when I play a song for somebody. But there are certain songs that I play that have a lot of emotion tied up to them. And if I get into like, it's those, it's those times of, if I get into the emotional state that I was in when that song came through me, Mm -hmm. you're goddamn right. I'm going to be crying and sweating and like purging out. Like if I could, I'd probably be bleeding too. Do you you know what I mean? It's that thing of like finding so the reason I bring that up as an, as a, as a side example, when we're talking about this, this concept of, you know, we live life, uh, or, or I guess we, we, we set our dreams, uh, with, with these, with these taglines or these, these certain, um, you know, titles, but really what we're truly doing is, is in fact adjacent to that dream where it's, we're trying to articulate and identify um the feeling that we're chasing the 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 part of us that remains untapped right that's kind of i think what what that is for me yeah and i think um because of that like if you make it too concrete and if you say oh my dream is to be a rock star and i will not be happy unless i realize that dream 
two things, a few things could happen. One, you'll never realize it. And then you never feel like you're ever happy and you never realize your dream. Right. Right. Or, or you do get it, but you try really hard to get it. You, you exert yourself, you put yourself out there. You like, uh, you hustle. Right. Yeah. And anytime I feel like you're hustling, you're trying, I, I don't know if it's really in service to soul. I think it's in service to ego when, when the hustle, yeah, um, I agree. And then when you find, and as we found with like our day jobs and stuff, we hustled to get to the point spot in the career that, that we both have, you know, that we each have. Um, and you get there and you're like, oh, that wasn't as satisfying as I thought. I didn't, I didn't make it. I didn't finally make it, you right. know, yeah. and all that effort was like, okay, sure. It's paying off in different ways. And sure. There's elements of my job that I like. And, but it's like, it's also the, I feel kind of empty. And now I'm going back to school and now I'm doing, you know, it's like, I'm, yeah. it, it wasn't really my dream. And so I, I've really been hesitating in any, in any of our creative pursuits together, like with it, whether it be Mormons on mushrooms or flavor country or, or music, I've really tried to avoid hustling. And I know we get like a lot of slack for that, but like, yeah. um, I don't, if, if I'm hustling, I feel like, what am I doing it for? You know? Um, instead of just dropping into more of an embodied soulful presence and expressing from there and seeing what happens. I mean, there's this book called art and fear. Have you ever heard of that book? No, it's a great book. It's a kind of a small book, but it kind of just talks about what we're saying about like art and bleeding and opening a vein and sharing this vulnerable part of you, sharing a part of you. And maybe it's not very well received, you know, maybe, maybe it's not even well received in its time. And it, it's received afterwards, but that's not the point of art. The, the point of art isn't how many, you know, uh, subscribers you get, how many listeners to your music you get, how many it's, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I keep going, keep going. It's, uh, it's just putting yourself out there. I don't know. It's, it's, it, and putting yourself out there in a very, and it feels fucking vulnerable, man. It, and it, and, and anytime you kind of, as we've deepened into this, We've gotten, we started out plenty vulnerable, oh, yeah. like when we started out Mormons on mushrooms. Yeah. And I think we just keep getting more and more like to our unique expression that we both have to give and how we, how we interact with each other, but then also how our unique expression separate from each other too. And like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's been a thing and we've, we've, we've talked about it here, but like that, that's been a thing that's fairly fresh for, for you and, and I to, to sort of um, unpack together, right. Is the, what do we get out of even doing this podcast? What do we get? What, what, do we, do we have any intention with it? Is it go to, you know, cause for a long time, I think that, and I might be the problem here. I, I assumed that we were on the same page or, and maybe you assumed that we were on the same page, but as we sort of, as we sort of dove a little bit deeper into what that meant, Oh, we have different, we have different, uh, reasons we have we have different motivations for why we do this you know what i mean it's funny it's funny we're talking about that because we this kind of conversation has changed the dynamic of friendships that we have do you know what i mean not not yeah. between you and me but be with 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 other people i i think about i hope it's okay to talk about um you know shalice and her success but i it, it's that was a really hard time you know that that whole thing with shalice but it was just it was so clear that even the stuff that we're talking about 
she wanted something different than what than what I Doug wanted or what what you Mike wanted, you know. And so it's funny. I took a stroll down memory lane the other day, and went and watched a few of her uh, videos on YouTube. Like she's she's a star, man. She's got like hundred thousand people. You know, she's she's doing what she the whole time that she was wanting us to do that we yeah, were like we were holding, that we, we were, were resisting. We were like, dude, we're not. We don't want to do that. We still don't want to do that. <laughs> we still don't want to do any of that stuff. And it's funny, Mike. I, you know, it, it, you know, we're we're, we're humans. And so words can hurt, you know, and mm-hmm. I was reading through, she, she, early on when she did her, her when she started her, her, her podcast, Cults to Consciousness, um, she did one about like the real story of why she left Mormons on Mushroom, you know, and it, it wasn't very flattering to us, I don't think, right? That's a fair way of saying it. I love her. I, it's fine. You got to process the way you process. Everybody has to process the way they process. And that's just the way it goes. And I was kind of, I was almost like masochistically reading through some of the comments on that. You know, it's, it's been a year or so. It's been more than a year, actually. And I'm reading through the comments and it's like, oh man, those guys, they, they, they idiots, those morons, those patriarchal, it like just like really takes us to task. Those fucking idiots didn't know what they had and you're better off without them. And you, you look at you like you're, you're, you've made it and they haven't. So they, it's obviously that you, you, you were just being held back by these guys. And I was reading through that and I'm like, man, this is funny because Shalice is having the exact, like she's having the success. She's getting, she's, she, people recognize her. People love her. People are on YouTube, like following her and just being like, you're the best. And I'm also getting what I want, which is people are like, who the fuck are the guys from Mormons on Mushrooms? I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so it's, there's, there's this weird assumption that comes into place too, where I'm even reading the comments about like, oh, those guys didn't know what they lost because they could be, they could be famous like Shalice. I'm like, oh yeah, should I be famous like Shalice? But I'm like, well, no, I, I don't want that. I, I got shit to do. I, got, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't be famous. I, I don't, I, that sounds terrible to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it sounds like a, it, it sounds really hard and it sounds really um, like hard, like heavy to navigate some of that stuff. And, and yet, as I was reading through some of those pretty mean spirited comments, frankly, like, as I was reading through that, I was like, Oh, so everyone agrees. And yet somehow Mike and I are the villains. Like everyone agrees that Chalice is like taken off and has this great success. And Mike and Doug are the villains. It's like, well, okay, (laughs) fine. I'm happy to be the villain. If it means someone I love is doing what they love. Great. Okay. Welcome to fucking welcome to earth man like if you want your friends if you want your family members if you want your kids if you want the, your coworkers to be successful sometimes that looks like it, it, it looks like you're kind of a fucking villain. i don't know that, that's kind of where i'm well, you know what i think part of the existence is we cycle through being victims <laughs> heroes and villains that's and, right you know and you know what? i can play a good villain i guess you know i've always tried to play the nice boy or whatever but maybe i can play a good villain you know i can yeah. play like a little cackle yeah or something. And, yeah, it's it's just interesting for me. I, I don't mean to sorry about opening up that whole can of worms. It's just been really no, it's top of mind. Really it's really been top of mind for me and just like kind of rooting her, like cheering her on and like being like, you know, I, we, I, 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 I think that she's fucking killing it. And it's like, oh, great. 
suck, it sucks that it it sucks that it changed the nature of our relationship for that to happen because we wanted her to kill it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Well, even when we were together, we wanted to keep. We kept pushing her. Like we we were there. We and and even when we were uh, breaking up, we're like, Shalise, come on, let's talk. Let's let's build you up. Let's let's put you out. Let's like build you up. You know. Um. And look, I I'm not blameless in that whole situation. Like. I, I, it was, it's messy. Relationships are messy. Partnerships are messy. And you get into these, it's, I'm trying to figure out my shit. We're all trying to figure out our shit. And sometimes when we try to figure out our shit, we, we, it's like, you know, we, oh. our shit goes everywhere. Like, yeah. Everyone can see our shit. It's like, Oh, uh, whoa, wow. Yeah. But what I know now is that I am so much closer to living my dream yeah. than I was a year ago. Yeah, same. My, my dream. And you know what? I believe she's so much closer to living her dream than she was a year ago. Yeah, dude. She, if not, if not, she's probably, she's in it. She's living it. Um, and so uh, yeah. I, I, it's that, that relief. And I, I think I mentioned it in, in the recording that will be attached to this episode of like, as soon as we kind of like, Dis, you know, broke ways with Shalise, dismantled kind of the, um, well, one way we didn't break ways with Shalise. No, we were talking about this is the way we want to do episodes going forwards, and she chose to go a different path. So, yeah, which which worked out, man, for her worked out. Um, but you know, we had a team supporting us, and it was this focus on growth of the podcast and this, and it was so such a relief for me when we were like, look, we just need to figure out our shit and get back to like the core of what we were trying to do, the core of our art and all of this. Um, it, uh, it's like, now it's like, I no longer check the downloads of the podcast. Yeah. I no longer, and yeah. there's still, I mean, there are still whatever, but like, it's just like, I, there's all of a sudden no, no pressure to make this like financially successful, make it like, we can just go back to just chatting. Like we, we've been doing. And it was like, all of that, like external hustle that was feeling is like, okay, no, I can just get back to doing self work. Like I've been doing and sharing my heart and writing music and opening up to the mystery of the unknown and seeing what path she has to take me on today. Yeah. She's the, the unknown. She's wild, isn't she? Like, speaking of uh, walking the paths uh, to the unknown, we got to share that very experience last weekend, you and I together. Definitely. We yeah. got to walk some unknown paths. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. How much do we want to get into with it? Um, well, I think that we should... I think that we should protect the identities of th- those that we were with, but I think that we, but yeah. I think that we certainly, uh, and I, I love telling trip stories, but yeah. if you're not up to it, if you're feeling no, like that's I'm a little bit, Let's, we, we can we change went, directions. We can do whatever you want to do right here. Did you have something we else? Went, no, we went to, so we went to a gathering yeah, and, uh, of just beautiful humans, beautiful, like so many beautiful humans at this gathering we went to and, you know, tripped with them. And had a, had the best old time. I just want to talk about Eddie. I know I told, I know I said that I was going to, I know I said that I was going to protect the, uh, the, the names and faces of the innocent. But, uh, uh, so for those of you who have ever heard this podcast or Mormons on mushrooms, the, the music that brings you into the podcast and takes us out of the podcast was either written by 
uh, Mike or me, but then it was mixed and, uh, and you know, the, 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 there's beat and there's other instrumentation going on by desert locust. And we were talking about desert locust. That guy's name is Eddie, who is the, f- I, so we finally got to like be in ceremonial space with Eddie. I'd never met him in person before. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus Christ, right? Eddie exists. He's out there. Planet Earth, you're welcome. Thank you for Eddie. Thank God for Eddie. Like what a what what a trip it was. So suddenly, so just to give like a we'll come back to everything else and we'll talk about the thing, but there was a time when we were all kind of singing and uh you know, Mike and I had guitars and 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 uh Mike D had some drums going on and Eddie had some drums. There were some other people that had like shakers, rattles, that kind of stuff. And we were getting we were getting into it. We're doing a couple of songs and uh, uh, some listeners may know about the song about my mother. Like we were playing. So we played the song about my mom and it felt, first of all, it felt like there were like choirs singing with us. I mean, I was like, I I was looking around like how many fucking people are here? It feels like this whole, first of all, it felt like that. Second of all, suddenly in perfect, like fucking harmony as if it was meant to be a sa- literal saxophone starts playing during the song that I wrote about my mother, like a literal saxophone. And I'm like, what in the goddamn hell? So I look up and there's Eddie just cranking out on that saxophone. The most beautiful melody I've ever heard in my whole life. I'm like scrambling to try to get a whole like recording studio built around us and in a fucking documentary crew. And like, I want to get it all. Cause I want people to see the, I want people to see the moment everybody who was with us heard that saxophone on that track. Cause I'm just like, Jesus, this is like one of the greatest moments of my whole life. Like I want, I want my mom to hear that version of that song. I want to bring everybody who was there and just plop them into my mom's living room and be like, okay, mom, here's your song again. But this time it's featuring Eddie on the fucking saxophone. Like it was the most beautiful thing in the history of the world. It felt like it was so the cool thing was, so, you know, where it's like, we, we were going to this gathering the thing was like, come to the gathering, bring, bring instruments, bring you, bring medicine, bring whatever you want and let's come and gather. Yeah. And, um, I did not ever, I did not expect someone to bring a saxophone to that. Thing. Never in a million years. <laughs> right. Not only a saxophone, but like the coolest fucking saxophone I've ever seen. Yeah. It's it like, was like a weird, like a flat top kind of deal, sort of weird thing. And like, cool like color and it felt like dense and yeah dude it felt like um steampunk it was like a steampunk saxophone you know that's what it looked like right yeah and i had this similar experience with uh when i was playing neverland oh god and he, he late he starts riffing on that sax at the end of that song and i was realized that like holy shit this is this is jazz man this is like <laughs> yeah white boy jazz <laughs> Utah jazz. <laughs> like, our, like we've been trying to, we've been trying to figure out what our fucking music genre is. And we've talked, we would call it cosmic folk. We've called it different things. Our, our musical style, Mike is Utah jazz. <laughs> it also happens to be our favorite sports team, <laughs> but, we, but we love Utah jazz. It really is, man. And it's so funny. Cause like, uh, it reminds me of, so uh, a w- little while back, I, I, I was, uh, I, I did a little bit of ketamine and I was pretty tapped in and all of a sudden I'm just banging on a drum and I get this beat going and it's like, you got too much soul. 
too, too much soul for a white boy like myself. You got too, too much soul. soul. Kind of like that. Or yeah. then it would switch to like, you got too much jazz, too much jazz for my white ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing all these different things. But like, just riffing with that. And then to go there in a space where like people are like, oh, wait, we've got like this jazzy vibe going. A bunch of little white boys from Utah. Yeah. Like, tapping into some sort of soulful kind of deal. Uh, and Eddie brought us there, man. And um, it made me realize, holy shit, I think part of my dream is just to be there and riff with like other like musicians that are doing their thing and like see what see what babies we create together when we're all in there like making like love together, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, God, that was such an interesting thing. And, and the, you know, the the lady who sort of like was like hosted and brought us into ceremony space called in the directions um you know sort of like was was our i i don't know facilitator i guess is what i would i would call her um i mean she's amazing she she just she does it she's very intentional and thoughtful about it you know what i mean and then she kind of goes around and like she just sings those little like snippets, you know, and she sneaks, she sings them into the fire and she sings them into like the music that we're playing. But I think it's part of a spell because suddenly people who were feeling a little bit uncomfortable with like their voice or being, you know, participating, suddenly people are singing a little, singing along with us and, you know, shaking a shaker or, 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 or getting a drum beat going or a little bit of a rattle. And it was just like, it starts to fill up the whole space, you know, indoor, outdoor space, it starts to fill it up and suddenly energy is like pumping and we're all breathing. And, and like, it's like, we have this heartbeat going together. And that's what, dude, that's what I love about those things. Like the medicine's cool and everybody having their experience is cool and like tripping, but it's like, it's almost like, I guess I'm really into like live music. <laughs> it's like, like yeah. I, I guess my thing is that I want to be there with people. Um, and all of us going to a higher plane, like there's, there's hypnosis. There's things that we do with, with, with certain, you know, songs that we do adventure lands or sorry, Neverland's a really good example. Your lady death song is real hypnotic. Do you know what I mean? It's like really takes yeah. people to a, It takes people to a higher plane. And that's what, um, it's funny. We've been trying to figure out what the purpose and what we're doing and what is it, is it, is it a podcast? And we've been, we've been approached about like, Oh, but is it a TV show? We've been approached about like, is it doing retreats? Is it doing, you know, you know, gatherings, that kind of thing. But you and I were talking the other day. It's just like, I just, I think I, I think, I think we like concerts. Like I think we like going to and being at and playing at concerts. Right. I think so. <laughs> it's almost like trying to reinvent the wheel. And it's like, I know, wait, it's no. like they already have that invented. Yeah. They haven't invented. Um, it, uh, uh, I, I, I was going to say one more thing. I'll, I'll just mention Mike too. I'll just we'll oh, say his last name, but the, yeah, other, Mike, the other Mike, Mike, you know who you are out there. Yeah. And when he and Eddie were both like getting into their drum thing and, um, I don't know. I, I think it goes back. So when we, um, had that episode recently with Chrissy and we talked about the importance of community and gathering mm-hmm. who by the way made an appearance as well with, yeah, uh, yeah. she and get blessed us with song and oh my gosh energy. yeah beautiful fucking, beautiful uh powerful entity um oh man we uh 
I, we, we, we felt, I felt that that weekend of like this people coming together, sharing their voices, their music, the shakers, the dancing, the, like we just gathered in a space and all of us were like throwing our magic into the atmosphere. Right. And, and I just think there's so much that can happen collectively like that, that, um, I don't know. It was, it was good for me. Is that an understatement? <laughs> I mean, yeah, understatement of the, uh, it was amazing for me. And I, I, I'm willing to talk a little bit about my experience, like my trip. I, I, I know everyone's yeah. a little bit different, so I just can talk to myself, but like, you know, as you know, Mike, um, God, we've talked about it infinity times on here, but it's just been a rough year. Like it's been a really rough year. And that includes personal life and professional life. And so going into this weekend, I, I was like, dude, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the, the, the person who's sort of like harsh on everybody else's vibe. Like I, I don't want to be down. I don't, I don't, I just got a lot of heavy shit going on and I don't want it to overwhelm me. But I was also like, I trust the medicine. I trust myself and and I'm going to really go for it, you know? And so we, we, I went for it and you know, it's that same. I feel like I, I, I feel like I learned like four basic lessons and they're all the same. I mean, and, and it's like, maybe that's how simple existence is. It's just like, if you can sort of try to keep top of mind, this handful of like kind of, important lessons that are your own personal truths, the better off you're going to be. And so, so for me, it was like contrasting last weekend with, uh, you know, this weekend with what all the things I had going on, um, pretty heavy stuff. But last weekend helped me because I was in that place where, you know, people are in different trip states. People are in different, uh, mindsets as far as like maybe they're going deep into some childhood stuff or maybe they're like really going into some self-reflection or maybe they're just kind of like going blasting off into outer space i mean who knows where everybody is you want to be real careful about that you know you want to you want to honor everyone's experience but for me i was in that i was looping i was i was doing that thing where god no matter how fucking serious it gets or no no matter how um, you know, uh, profane it gets, or now how funny it gets, just whatever. It, it it all has to exist. Like it all has to exist, and it creates the balance for, um, you know, pain is is creating the balance for pleasure. Um, you know, sadness is creating the balance for joy. Um, hardship is creating the balance for triumph, and so. The, the deeper we go um, into our own shit and death and, and, and ick, the further we stretch into our capacity for grace and love and, and celebration, you know? And I just was really feeling that. And, you know, there's a reason people use that term, the cosmic joke, because it's just like, yeah, we are deep in sacred stuff here. We're deep in doing all this sacred. And yet, Look how fucking funny everything is like given enough, given enough perspective, given enough time and distance, given enough, whatever we can experience just how ludicrous and silly this whole fucking thing is. And that gives us the chance to play in it a little bit. And we get to then when we know that that's coming, we get to feel, well, I, I actually say I, not we, but I get to feel 
Like, oh, good. Oh, good. I'm really in it right now feeling sorry for myself or I'm really in it right now feeling the blues or feeling the the pain. I I kind of am just going to feel what that feels like and really luxuriate in it a little bit and let it kind of go throughout my whole body because yeah. I know that what I get to recognize on the other end of that is what creates the balance for all of that stuff. You know, it's, it's like, I might, I might turn into like some fucking weird manic, like chaotic entity, but Hey man, I'm just trying to be like, I'm just trying to do my best. And that gives me the opportunity to reset and be my best. Just be Doug, man. Yeah, it's um, gotta be Doug. Man, you're rattling so much in me right now. So for me, I had a very similar experience where I didn't want to, I was coming in with a lot of grief, a lot of my own personal shit that I'm still working through. And I didn't want to be the one, I didn't want to bring down the vibe of everyone, everyone else was vibing, right? Um, well, it felt like that. I mean, um, and so and there was one moment where I was in, I kind of went back to the room and I was having a good cry. And it was that thing of like, you've gathered community here. Like you're here gathering community. Like, um, go, go talk to them. You open up. Like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to hold this all to yourself or you can, you can, you can sit in here and cry and be alone in it. That's fine too. If you need to be alone in it or you can unburden it and share it and be held and supported and loved. And, um, it showed me that, you know, when I said earlier about like, I'm, I want her to surprise me and I'm referring to her as the Anima Mundi, like embracing life as if it's life is your lover and she's going to surprise you. She's got, she's got surprises in store for me today that I don't know what they are. Right. And so let's get curious about, you know, we're going to have some tragedy happen today. We're going to have some love. We're going to have some, what's going to happen today. Um, to start embracing life that way and, and see that like how you, how the universe does become a mirror. She becomes a mirror in that sense that when I open up and become more vulnerable, she responds with vulnerability. Right. Mm. Um, and when I show love, she responds, you know, so it's like what I'm putting in is it's like, it's becomes this dance with nature. You're dancing with nature. right? Right. Um, and I like how you talk about, so I just started this class in somatics and it talked about how much we hold in our bodies and just sensing into that tension and opening up to fear instead of closing down around it. You know, we, we, when we armor ourselves from life, we realize how separate we become and how lonely we become and how isolated we are because we're, we're just armoring. But the more we can open and lean into the discomfort and let those spaces just kind of open within us and, you know, feel the fear of it all. Like, uh, what could life be on the other side? This came up in a conversation we said yesterday, we were having yesterday and it comes up right now. I realized how much of my life I've been so hyper-focused on and catastrophizing even on the one, like 0.1% of thing that could just go awry in a situation, right? <laughs> Tragedy happens everywhere. Right. And so I'm so hyper-focused on not having that tragedy hit, not like losing my job and my family and uh, whatever I'm catastrophizing about, losing my home, losing this. But the odds of that are so low that I'm not even focusing on the 99% of openness and beauty and expansion that can come when you just lean into like, when you stop catastrophizing and laser focused on what bad could happen. And there's no preventing that. I mean, no matter how much, 
that one, that small thing can happen when I'm driving to the grocery store as much as it can when I'm doing something else or leaning into me. And so I don't know. I'm sick of, I'm sick of laser focusing on what could go wrong yeah, and just embracing the fear of like, yeah, it could all go wrong, but like what could go right in my life? Yeah. You know, I used to work at this place. Um, I, yeah. Years, years ago, I, I used to work at this place who they regularly did um, internal surveys about specific departments. So, you know, as an example, like every six months I'd get a, I would get a survey that I had to complete for the accounting department. And then the next month I'd get one I had to complete for the marketing department. And you're basically taking that survey. Well, at the time I was part of a department of two, right? Yeah. So it's a lot, it's a lot harder for anonymity and also just sort of like general feedback to come when you're, when it's just the two of you, it's just me and my homie, you know, it's like people are every six weeks or every six months, people are taking a survey about me and this other dude. And it's like, it becomes pretty obvious when you're reading the survey results, who they're fucking talking about. Right. It's like, it, it gets, it gets pretty. So it's like every six months, dude, you had to like brace yourself, you know, it put, uh, like get yourself ready, kind of loosen up, you know, kind of stretch it out and be like, okay, let's read these, these survey results. I'm ready. And, and they're clearly not talking about Jerry in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're they're Oh, this is clearly about Doug. Cause I was there for this memory that they're sharing, you know, yeah. but, but you, you, you think about it, you got a thousand people responding to a survey and mm-hmm. it's like, I, me and my homie, we would talk about this a lot. And this was, I was straight laced Mormon at the time. This was 15 years ago. But we would talk about this a lot. Like we were so good at narrowing it down to the four or five surveys that were negative Mm -hmm. and making that our truth, making that the whole of reality. You know, we we would go to the one that had a bad experience with him on this and this and this. And it's just like we internalize that and be like, that's how everybody feels. That's how the whole world sees us. That's that's we got to improve this particular thing. We got to become better because that's how everyone feels about us. And it's like, oh, no, a thousand people took this survey and four people said something negative. They might have had a bad day. They might have had a bad experience with me. They might have had who knows. But like, dude, four people out of a thousand. Yeah, like that's point four percent. That's not even, that's not even, that's not even showing up. It's, it's not even 4%. It's 0.4%. Disregarding the other 99.6% that's like awesome. Love him. He's so supportive. He's like just all these nice things that people could possibly say on those surveys. Didn't even, didn't even fucking register with me. Hmm. Didn't, didn't, Didn't even care. And that's the thing that I feel like I'm hearing from you of like our brains are, are giving us a constant, like, like, of, like just a constant churn of that kind of experience yeah. of, of that, of mm-hmm. that survey of those survey results, you know? And so it's, oh man, think of all the things that could go wrong. Think of all the things that I did bad. Things of all, think of, think of all the things that are, it could, could be co- complete chaos and catastrophe. And it's like, I mean, or we could focus on the 96 points, 90, 99.6% and just go, 
fucking hog wild and live and joy and, and, and bask and, and celebrate the good things about ourselves and celebrate the exciting moments of the present moment and exciting everything. Sorry. I can see that you got words getting ready to spill out of your mouth, dude. I just love it. Man. I'm just loving this conversation right now. Yeah. Cause like, you know, when we brought on, uh, Helene, uh, yeah. the, the, the voice woman I worked with, who's fucking incredible. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to Helene. She's amazing. Um, she, uh, when I first started working with her, she's like, what's coming up for you? I'm like, so much fear. I'm like, I have so much fear. She's like, all right, let's talk about it. So I was specifically talking about things that I was fearful of. And she kind of gets this like little twinkle in her eye. And she was like, I think, um, I would just challenge that, that I think you've got somewhere. I think there's something in your Mormon programming that feels like the universe is out to get you and to punish you. Yeah. And, and that, if you do anything outside of the box, you're going to be whacked and punished. She's like, I don't think the world cares as much as you think it does kind of deal. Like about like with my specific fear, she's like, I think you're going to be just fine. I think this is all internal. And I've noticed it a little bit with not only myself and what the way I catastrophize and when I catastrophize, but even other ex Mormons we are working with. Like uh, I remember this one woman recently, a couple ones like, look, I, I, I feel like there's going to be a time when I'm up against the government and I'm battling tooth and nail with the government. Right. Yep. And, you know, that is that Mormon narrative of Abinadi and Noah, if I remember, like the <laughs> like the Mormon, like the Mormon myth. And so for those who are not familiar with the Book of Mormon and I'll, I'll probably butcher it because it's been 20 years since I read this one. But like, uh, well, maybe not 20 years, but that was an overstatement. Eight years. <laughs> but like. Uh, um, you know, Abinadi is this prophet and he's in chains, chains and he's standing up to this wicked King Noah. And uh, like he, uh, uh, he, I, I think there's something where he's like, you can't touch me. And he shocks everyone in, in the court. Anyway, he ends up getting burned at the stake and sacrificing his life for like this noble cause. And it, I think that's still in us somewhere. And what, programming do i still have kind of going in within me that's contributing to this fear and this fear that i'm just going to get whacked and reprimanded and punished for doing anything outside of the box and i'm kind of fucking sick of it i think there's stuff in our mormon programming that feels like we're gonna be i don't know that it amplifies the fear of the situation more than and so we we kind of feel like the world's out to get us or that the universe is going to punish us and i'm fucking sick of it well it's yeah i mean gosh it's it's interesting using abinadi because the way it ended for abinadi is he was burned alive while he's like still testifying right and that's how it ends a lot of times for martyrs in in scripture is you 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 know you have to create or, or even in like if you think about like mythology of like church history and just that kind of stuff it always has to end with someone standing up for the belief standing up for the thing and being getting the ultimate punishment for it and so you hear that story enough times as a kid and as a as a young adult and you fucking tell that story enough times as a missionary or as a gospel doctrine teacher or as a bishop and you start thinking geez wow i like you almost get like a martyr complex, right? You, you almost get this, yeah. you, you almost get this thing of like my very existence. If I'm not being 
if I'm not being, uh, you know, threatened with death, I must be giving in too much to the, to the evil, to the evil inside of me. Right. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it feel that way? Like it feels that way. And it's funny. You're talking about somatically, like the, the thing about the thing for me, and this has nothing to do with religion. This just has to do with being human. Is that every time I'm in an altered state of consciousness, I become I, I become hyper aware of all the work my body is doing. You know what I mean? Like I start becoming like aware of like that I'm clenching my jaw, or you know, clenching my butthole all the time. You know, like or yeah. or like like where are my shoulders? Am I am I relaxed? Am I am I am I tensed up? Is my head? Is my neck? Where where's there, where is there like some tension? It's just really weird how. We become like in in our lives, we can become, I think, numb to what our body is telling us because our brain is busy doing this catastrophizing thing that you're talking about and doing this um, looking for looking for things to worry about, looking for stakes to be burned on. Right. I feel like I'm I spend a lot of my time wandering around in in my professional life, in my relationship with my spouse, in my relationship with my friends, uh, in, in my relationships with my coworker. Like I, I'm looking for fucking fires that are meant for me. Like I, mm-hmm. like I'm making it up. I'm making up how I can be a martyr to, and that has nothing to do with religion. It, it's I'm making up how we can sacrifice Doug for having the audacity to be Doug, you know? Yeah. I like how you said it that way, because I think that there's that element of not just the martyr complex, but also the the because we were given a very strict way to live our life. And and this is not uniquely Mormon. I think patriarchal capitalistic societies has a very they have a very set way that like, oh, you graduate, you go to school, you get a degree, you then get a job, you settle down, wife and kids and anything out of that box. You're like now you've got your life prescribed for you. And it's like, oh, if you deviate from that, look what happens to you, mm-hmm. right? You know, all those uh, testimony meetings in church where people would say, oh, I'm so grateful for the church. And I've said this. I would just be in a gutter somewhere like if I wasn't in the church, you know, like. Uh, um, but but that being reprimanded for going outside of that box in any way. I mean, I think all of us have re- received strict punishment for it deviating in any way, whether it's through our bishop, you know, or our parents or uh, congregation members shunning or judgment that works. I, I expect that from the universe too now. And it's almost like amplified it in the sense that like when I was more atheistic, like I probably didn't have, I don't know if the fear was there or maybe it was more unconscious. And now that I kind of like have like opened myself up to like, oh, maybe the universe is more of a living entity that we're interacting with and it responds to the way we respond to it. And there's the mirroring effect. It's like it almost amplifies too in a bad way, my fear, because I've seen like miraculous things happen in the last three years where it's like I never thought that could possibly happen in a good way. So it almost amplifies the fear that like, oh, then that means also this the 0.01% chance could actually miraculously happen too, you know? And, and it's happening to tell me that like you fucked up, you fucked up. You didn't listen to yourself. You went against your intuition. We tried to give you all the warnings and cues and you went against it. So like, should have got off the pot, buddy, you know? 
Mike, you're, you're, you're talking about something that uh, came up for me in my, in that, in my trip that weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, we've, we've joked about trading one dogmatic religious belief for the next trading one profit for another. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what, what's really been top of mind for me is that, that little brief time in my life when I was a hardcore atheist and I was just like, this is it. There ain't no consciousness. There ain't no fucking magic sky daddy. There ain't no fucking source. There ain't no, when I was in that, I think that I was like most profoundly aware of my existence because I didn't have, I didn't have anything external to blame the bad stuff on or to give credit for the good stuff. Like there's, there's a tendency and there's a tendency to try to externalize uh, the things that we are subjected to. In order, in my, in my experience, I do it in order for myself to not take, hold myself accountable for my life. Mm -hmm. It's my fucking life. And I'm the one, and I'm the only one who has the responsibility to make something of it, to, to, to make it what I want it to be. And when I was, when I was a member of the Mormon church, I, uh, I, the external entity was God. God, the father and the Holy ghost and his son, Jesus Christ, they could hear my thoughts. They could hear my prayers. They could watch my actions and they could reward or punish me accordingly. And now, you know, sometimes there's a tendency to get into like, when we call in the directions and when we call in source and when we talk about the majesty of the universe and we talk about the shared like consciousness and this, this, this organism that is the humans of the earth and that we all, we are all one. That also is a way for me to externalize the shit that I do, the shit that happens to me, good or bad or indifferent. And to make a, and to, and to make a, uh, to tell a story, to, to, to create a whole narration around the why, uh, rather than complete chaos and me being responsible for my place in that chaos with the knowledge that I wasn't doing anything before I became conscious and I'm not going to be doing anything after I die. Um, that put a lot of, that put a lot of responsibility on me. And I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to get back to uh, a lot of that of, I am solely responsible for my shit. I am solely responsible for Doug. There is not someone who's keeping score in the sky. There is not a, the universe that is listening for my fucking manifestations and intentions and wants to grant them to me based on my actions and based on, did I do the right twist and shout? Did I do the right dance moves? Did I do the right, uh, you know, fucking, you know, did I make a cross over my, my heart and torso? Did I, were my crystals charged? Were my crystals charged in the moonlight? Dude, dude, are those crystals even charged? You know, like, like all of that shit can work as talismans and tokens and, 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 and systems of, of, uh, you know, those totems that, 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 that reflect something personal about ourselves that it, totally cool. Yay. Whippity dippity happens for everyone, but it's all me that's responsible for my shit. 
And if someone wants to infringe upon my sovereignty and autonomy, then, then that's up. It's, 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 it's on me to provide the, the access to that. It's on me to provide what I am okay and not okay with. It's on me to provide my own boundaries and, and God source, Holy ghost, Brahma, mother nature, they can exist and they can do their things, but it is, and other humans, but other humans and all those other entities that I just mentioned have no fucking say in how I approach and live and respond and take action and allow access to my life. It's only me. It's only me that gets that. And I'm sharing it with all of you. And I'm sharing it with you, Mike, because I love you and because I want to, not because I feel some sense of fucking heavenly obligation to. Oof. Dude, uh, you rattle something in me over there with um, because I'm realizing that the catastrophizing becomes almost a way of I'm, I'm almost wanting external punishment because I'm punishing myself so much. Yeah. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, I had an experience where it's like I didn't I, I had signs leading up to it. I tried to speak my truth in a way I tried to like, but it, my intuition was kind of tingling in a way. And I was but I was probably catastrophizing then, too. But anyway, I feel like. I didn't fully lean in and trust it and, and speak it. And then I'm now at the end catastrophizing about what could happen. Yeah. And, um, but almost in a way of like expecting that external punishment for like, Oh, you, you knew better and you didn't do it. Or we gave you all the signs. You didn't do it. But instead of just being like, no, that's in me. And like, look, I can recognize, Oh, now, I, now I've gotten more feedback and like, okay, this was a line. This wasn't okay. I can fine tune. And even as in a somatic way, like, all right, this is what it feels in my body when things feel more aligned. And now I've gotten more knowledge through this situation and can act accordingly. I don't need anyone to fucking punish me for it, let alone the universe. Right. So it's like this, you know, I've been doing that cover of that song from the movie once. Um, falling slowly. Falling slowly. Yeah. So we haven't seen the movie, the movie once and it turned into a Broadway musical and everything. But there's a line from falling, falling slowly where he says, you have suffered enough and warred with yourself. Hmm. It's time that you won. And every time I've seen, sang those lyrics lately, I think I was read, it's like, look, we fucking suffered enough. You warred with yourself enough. Like give yourself some goddamn credit. And it's time that you won. Like, don't, don't focus on the 1%. Don't focus on that. Like, what about the 99%? the 99% of like love and good and beauty you're putting out in the world. And like, um, and the, the you that are beautiful and stop focusing on how you want your life to be different and laser focusing on that and laser focusing on things you fucked up on and you wish you could have done better. Like, and give yourself a fucking break. It's time that you won. Did you, 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 Give yourself a fucking break is like my mantra. You just said, you, yeah. you just said it exactly. And I feel like I say that to myself and I feel like I say that to people, especially if I'm like holding space for people. Cause everybody, you know, people, we all tend to get into what we're talking about. We all tend to get into like some of that self-loathing and some of that like blame and regret. And it's, it's hard being human. And do I, 
what are my motivations and do I do it out of love? Do I do it out of fear? Am I faking it? Am I phony? Am I real? You know, it's just like, dude, it's kind of hard to be human. Like there's new, there's new shit every day to deal with. Like every single day you got to figure out, like you got to like, you got to approach it and tackle it and do it, you know? And sometimes it's just like, well, we call giving ourselves a break. We call it a lot of different things. We call it laziness. We call it procrastination. We call it, uh, you know, uh, like selfishness. There's a lot of things that we call the basic concept of self-care. But again, the only person that is left at the end of the day, we can say that we got someone laying next to us in the bed, or we could say we got someone who, uh, you know, uh, is thinking about us somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight, you know, is that, is that the line? Yeah. Yeah. But the only person that's there is, is ourselves and people don't want to hear that. And I don't want to hear that, you know, but even on this podcast, Mike, I can, I can, I can sense it when you and I, um, when we're, when we're kind of talking about like this type of a topic and it's like, listen, tough shit. We, 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 we got to be responsible for our own lives. We got to do our own thing. I get into thinking about certain people I know. And I, I get into thinking about uh, listeners that we have that, that I, I don't want them to feel like, well, Doug just doesn't understand what I've gone through. You're, you're right. I do not understand what you've gone through, but that does not change the absolute fact that no matter what, it's probably not your fault, but it's your fucking responsibility to do something about it now. Cause your life is your own. There's no, no, nobody else lays claim on your life. And I, and, and I give too many people too much access to have a say on what my life is. And I'm, and I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm working on it. I'm, 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 I'm trying to avoid those scenarios in which have you ever had somebody like try to make you feel guilty like do a guilt trip about something that they want from you. If you're, like, that's a, that's a weird thing to do, right? It's a weird thing to experience where it's like, it is, I, I, I don't want to get too specific because I could probably give away who I'm thinking about here, but like I've had people who want something from me and the method in which they try to get it is to make me feel guilty for not giving it to them not giving a portion of me to them. And it's like, Oh, what? Excuse me. Did you, I guess you forgot that this is my fucking life, not yours. You don't, you don't get to lay claim to my life. I want to share it with you. Sure. Happy to happy to help out. You're welcome to ask me for your needs and let me see if I have the capacity to, to, to meet those needs, but you can't rely on me to be the one that fulfills your needs. You've got to rely on yourself to fulfill your own goddamn needs. Oh, well, I like bring that up. And I, I think that, uh, I think it, it, it hits on that thing. Cause I, it is my responsibility and I, but it doesn't mean I can't go and seek it. You know what I mean? And ask for it. And so I think course, that was course. part of that journey I went on last weekend was this thing of like, look, I am alone in this. This is my shit. And I can be alone in it. And I think there's, there's a time and place for that. But there's also time it's like, look, I can also go out and interact with humans and like share and open up and find connection. And I think, uh, 
I, I don't always get to dictate in what form that connection looks like, but I do get to go out and seek those connections. And um, I'm also feeling like, you know, and as far as relationships and relating to other people, I think we feel like relationships need a lot more work than they do. Yeah, dude. Like I've had so many experiences lately where either I'm meeting someone for the first time and immediately we're dropped in and we're in it, or I've reconnected to someone who I haven't connected with in years. And we just drop right back into it. And it's like, no time has passed. Uh, you know, one of our best friends, Eric, moved to Hawaii is six months ago. I haven't talked. He's been so busy. I've hardly talked to him. I know that the moment I go out to visit him in Hawaii, whenever that is, it's going to be like not a day went by. No. And we're going to be right back into it. We'll have a, a collection of funny stories to share. And we're just going to be relating just like we've always done. Yeah. And you know, anytime I see you, it's the same thing. I know we talk a lot more frequently, but it's like, then, but then we're in person. It's like, yeah, we're, we're back in it. And it's like, I have to like, Oh, I have to check on my relationship with Doug and make sure I chat with him every, every week or else that's going to die. No, it's, it's there. It's always there. Whether we talk every week or we talk once a year, it's like, right. it's there. And I don't know, I, I guess I, I don't want to take us in a whole new topic because I know it's probably, we should probably wrap up soon, but I just felt like there was something there with it's like, you can, seek connection where you want it. And I don't think the relationships need that much effort. And and if the relationship is taking a lot of effort, well, maybe, maybe there's things that need to change in that relationship. Maybe you're, maybe you're expecting too much in that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You're, 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 that's a good way of putting it. You're expecting too much. You've, you've sort of like, uh, you've lost track of what's yours versus what's Mm -hmm. theirs. And it becomes a real thing, right? Where, where now you, you have a claim, you have an ownership claim, you have a, you know, you own stock yeah. in that, in that, in that person, instead of, instead of owning stock in that relationship, you own stock in that person, you know? And so then therefore mm-hmm. you get to sort of like dictate the terms of their life. And it's just like, no, no. Well, so of course, if you're in that situation, you, then you want to work on it. You want to make sure you're growing together and you're doing that. But it's like, but if, if we're not putting so much weight on this relationship and expecting too much out of it yeah. and we can just be, I can be Mike, you can be you and we can relate in how we relate. Like, I don't know. I don't think it needs much watering. I think plants grow in rain and sunlight. You know, it's only when you take the plant and put it in a foreign environment that now all of a sudden you have to turn on the sprinklers. Right. right. Uh, but if the plants just growing where it's at it, the elements are feeding it and giving it everything it needs. And yeah. I did. I love that. Um, I love that. That's probably a good place to stop. All right. Thank you for coming with us to Flavor Country. If you like what you heard, just uh, give us a five-star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, it doesn't matter. Just drop us some, a little love there. And, uh, you know, come with us over to Patreon. We've got so much cool shit there. We've got, we're talking about dreams. We're talking about myths. There's content there that you can download, listen to, whatever you want to do with it. But we have a community kind of forming around Patreon. Come join us. Come, come live in Flavor Country with us. Because that's what it's all about. Enjoy. Peace. Yes! <laughs>